Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton, Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? I think we're doing quite well. How are we doing? Doing absolutely wonderful. We got some more rain here in the metro Atlanta area. Yeah, today, the right? sun went away, but I think we were ready for some some moisture. Well, I tell you, we've got so a jam-packed episode here today, Greg. And, and we had a lot of fun in the warm-up show, talking yes. football, talking sailing, talking a little little football history, right? Everything uh, but supply chain, because that's <laughs> what we're here for now. So, right? That, that is right. So today, <laughs> Greg, you hit nail on the head as always. Look, we all know about the endless obstacle course that global supply chain has been navigating for a couple of years now, right? But Greg, you don't have to look far to find plenty of companies that have been struggling. Yeah. But today, we bring you good news and the story of a partnership that's produced eye-popping growth results, success, and get this, bingo moments, tons of solid insights and key takeaways to be shared right here on Supply Chain Now today. Right, Greg? Yeah, I love that term, bingo moments. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that when we bring our guests in. We sure are. I do too. Uh, you know, we love our Eureka moments around here. Uh, and we're going to find out exactly how they define a bingo moment. Who knows? We may have already had three or four today, Greg. <laughs> you know, I can tell you the way my day started. I don't think I've had a bingo moment yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, hey, y'all stay tuned for a great conversation uh, as we're welcoming Tom and Jeff in just a minute. All right. All right so we're going to say hello to a few folks in just a moment. But Greg, can you believe it is the 8th of December already? Where has a year gone? And by the way, Where's my stuff? Right. <laughs> right. I, well, and where's everybody else's stuff? I don't know if you, I woke up this morning going, am I sure I'm done with everybody's gift getting? Right. Um, so <laughs> uh, I will be uh, sharing some time with a spreadsheet later today. I can assure you of that. Really? Has your gift buying made it as far as, as, as uh, spreadsheet methodology? I need to apply that. Because I'm not sure, you know, we try to be as equal as possible with right. everybody value wise. And I want to make sure that we're on track and that we've got the kind of impact gifts that we want everyone to get. <laughs> Man, I love that. Okay. So we're going to have to do a, a key takeaways on Greg White's gift buying season. Look <laughs> for it in 2022. But hey, I digress. We got to say hello to a few folks. And folks, as you chime in, as, as you say hello, we'd love to know where you're tuned in from. That'd be a wonderful thing. We'd love to connect the dots. Chatel is from the Netherlands, tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to have you here today. Look forward to your POV. Lamont Hardy, tuned in from San Diego via LinkedIn. Lamont, I appreciate you being with us on one of our live streams last week. Greg, you ever been to San Diego? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my sister lives there, and it's decidedly warmer than the Netherlands this time of year also. Really? San Diego weather caster is the easiest job on the planet. It's sunny and somewhere between 72 and 75, except June, when we'll have a marine inversion until about noon. <laughs> Enjoy your day, San Diego. <laughs> Keep it classy, right? Keep it classy. That's hey, right. <laughs> Santosh, great to have you here via LinkedIn. He says, howdy from the Lone Star State. Hey, where are you? 
uh, Santos. That is a, a big old state, and I uh, would love to w- we appreciate you being here. Looking forward to your perspective. Eric uh, is with us as well. A year's gone by, by the way. Eric, no kidding. Yeah. Where has it gone? Appreciate you being here today. Patrick, uh, also from Texas. McKinney, McKinney Texas. Texas. You know where that is? Ever heard of that, Greg? I've heard of it, but I am embarrassed to say I don't recall. It's near a it's near a big city, but I can't remember which one. So, Patrick, uh, I've, tell I've us. got a ton of relatives who live in Texas. I don't know better. Really? I used oh, to yeah. have um, family and cousins and aunt and uncle lived in Van Alstine, Texas, right outside of Dallas. And but other than that, in San Antonio, we went for basic for the Air Force. There you go. Um, wow, that's a, that's a it, great spot. It is. It really is. And of course, our our trek a couple of years ago, as we went cross country in the supply chain now van <laughs> right. to Austin. So Austin, we'll save the, all we those hit stories. the city limits. <laughs> but Patrick, great to have you here. Uh, let us know where McKinney is and what it's known for. And thanks so much for tuning in. Of course, yeah, we also had some great barbecue in a little town. I cannot remember. We'll have to trace our path and see what that was. We are going to have to do that. Big thanks to Clay and Amanda and Jade and all the folks behind the scenes helping to make the production happen here today. Dimitri, great to have you here via LinkedIn. I'm with you. I think we've got an outstanding story uh, teed up here today. Samantha. Hey, Samantha's tuned in uh, via LinkedIn, giving a shout out to uh, Clay Diesel Phillips. Great to see you here, Samantha. And finally, yours, I bet. I wonder if the J is silent there. What do you think, Greg? I would say yes. Okay, yours. Or it's a very soft J because that's a Dutch name. So, ah, well, regardless, yours, great to have you here via LinkedIn and tuned in from Chicago. So, uh, looking forward to a great story. So, on that note, welcome everybody. I know we couldn't hit everybody. Look forward to hearing your comments throughout our live stream here today. Again, we've got a big story teed up uh, with two companies on the mood. And, Greg, if you're good with it, I'm going to go ahead and welcome in our guest today. You ready? Let me check the clock. I think we're go. Okay, go. Hey, one quick. I gotta. I gotta close one loop. Uh, Patrick says he's not far from Van Alstine. So what? McKinney, yes, yeah, okay. so McKinney must be in that DFW area. Yes, the Dallas Metroplex. That's right, Dallas Metroplex. Fort Worth Metroplex. Yes. Nice. Okay. So with all of that said, I want to bring in, uh, welcome in Tom Zeiss, CIO with Port X Logistics, and Jeff Gron, VP of Sales Engineering with Turvo. Hey, hey, gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing well, thank you. Doing very well. Outstanding. Welcome aboard, I was half curious, Jeff, if you might be wearing your uh, your novel headgear when you came on camera. But Well, I'm not wearing it, but it's uh, never too far away, so it's up to bring it up. You know, we, <laughs> us always have to have this around, so it comes in handy when debating if uh, the Green Bay Packers are a team or it's a dynasty, so we can, we can have another session on that later if we need to. I love it. I Does love that it. add to your credibility to wear that when having that discussion? It all depends on the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, so we were talking pre-show. We've got three big pro football fans here. So everybody knows Greg is a big Kansas City Chiefs since he was a kid. Jeff Gron, as he's already let out the, the uh, cat out of the bag, big Cheesehead fan, Green Bay Packers. And Tom, fill, fill in everybody on where your allegiance is. Well, it's it's a tough week. And, uh, you know, that's, of course, because of Monday Night Football. I mean, we got beat by the team that's been beating us up for 20 years. And it's just uh, it gets it gets worse each time, especially now that Brady's not there. We still keep listening to him. <laughs> well, hey, we love those those bills, uh, the history, you know, Thurman Thomas and Jim yeah. Kelly and yeah. 
and so many great de- uh, Bruce uh, Bruce Smith. Man, love watching him play back in the day. So we'll have to talk football again on an upcoming episode, Greg, of Supply Chain Nerds Talk Sports coming yeah, to no kidding. a local theater. Hey, really quick, before we – we're going to dive into our story here today, but I want to give a quick shout-out. Greg Joyner is a fraternity brother of mine from way back in the day. He's tuned in for a few minutes during lunch from Somerville, South Carolina, home to many manufacturing companies. No South kidding. Carolina has been on the move bringing them in. So, Greg, hope this finds you and your beautiful family uh, well. Okay, so Tom and Jeff and Greg, are y'all ready to get started on today's discussion? Sure. All right, so as much as we'd love to talk football over the next hour, we've got a couple of movers and shakers in global business and global supply chain here with us. And I want to start, Tom. Uh, We love that hat, by the way. Thank you. We're we're all signing up for Port X swag today. But, Tom, (laughs) kidding aside – Y'all have got a really intriguing story there at Port X. I want to kind of walk through that on the front end to, to help level set with folks. Uh, the three folks maybe in global business that hadn't heard of y'all. Let's talk with all the growth that Port X is seeing, including some of the core values that's powering that growth. Yeah, I, I'll give you the I'll give you the story. I'll give you you know how Port X came to be, and it was uh, just over four years ago only where we started, and it was uh, there was a group of us with with various backgrounds in the transportation industry over-the-road truckload brokerage, LTL, container drage, you name it. And we came together with the idea that there's, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way, you know, to treat people, uh, not only internally, you know, your employees, but your vendors, your customers, right? You got to make it exciting to come to work every day. I mean, the logistics industry, trucking, it's, it's not the most glamorous, you know, and it's, it's a grind a lot of times. So, we wanted to start a company uh, that was not only going to be successful, um, the company itself, but all right. the employees as well. And we, we started with a, a number of success factors in order for you know everybody to be successful, delivering wow through service, te- you know tech adoption, being humble, pursuing growth and lear- learning. And it's around these success factors uh, that we've been successful as a company as and individual, uh, every employee themselves as well. You know, our founder, Brian Kempesty, he wanted to start an aspirational brand in the trucking industry. And when I first heard that, I said, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a couple of years to figure it out. But now I understand, man, because we're living it. Big, bold vision, it seems like he brings the table, right? (laughs) I thought he was crazy at first. (laughs) And, and, you know, Greg, what I'm also hearing there is a, a big meaningful, deliberate change in how business in the industry typically has been done for decades, right? That's always healthy. You know, it's always good to look at what you've loved and hated and seen be successful and seen be detrimental to companies and then to construct your own model going forward. But those core values are are really the key to being able to to center yourself, you know, around around what you believe and what you're trying to accomplish and to guide you every day. So I think that's a really important aspect of what they've done at Port X. Agreed. All right. So Jeff, I'm going to come to you and get a quick observation on these success factors and the culture that Tom has mentioned. But before I do, mm-hmm. folks, we opened up a can of worms talking football. We've got Tito, who is a big Pats fan. We've got Andrews, big Bills fan. John says, go Chiefs. We all know Patty gets his second Super Bowl this year. Hey, hey, how about that? Patrick, Will Wolford's a great Buffalo Bill and a big friend. That is awesome to see. So y'all keep it coming. Keep it coming, folks. All right, so Jeff, we're going to try to work through the Port X story, 
what's going on industry, the partnership y'all have got all the next hour. So we're going to be moving pretty fast, but Jeff, what what was one observation about the unique port X culture and what they're doing that, that uh, you've noticed here recently? You know, one of the things I I guess I'll hit a couple of them, a couple that I've seen and Ryan and Tom and the team there at port X have done is they really put the customer first. And by doing that, they needed to be on task immediately with the information. And how do they do that? They're leveraging Turbo. Mm. Uh, we're talking about the story of the two companies. And when they started, they knew that there was a better way. Uh, much Not, not uh, unlike most of our other customers, they're also looking for something different. And when you look at what Turbo is and you look at the, the application, the architecture, it is different than a, than a TMS. Yep. And we can get into it a little bit later, but... Really, when you look at that partnership and what they wanted to bring to the table, they had a new fresh service and they needed something new and fresh in supply chain technology. And that's where Turbo came in. And really, ever since, as we move this uh, relationship forward, there is a relationship between uh, Port X and Turbo that, that is saying, here's what we need to see in the technology. And then we're validating that with other customers and they're part of that, that, that steerage of the product. I love that. Okay. We're going to touch mm-hmm. on some, all of that, as you mentioned, uh, over the next uh, 50 minutes or so. So Tom, I'll circle back to you. Can you speak to whatever you can share about growth? And you know, we've been, uh, obviously it's been tr- tr- uh, triple digit growth, but before we ask you about what bingo moments are, any comment around the growth y'all have seen? Well, I mean, I, I, I lived it over the past two years. I mean, it's been a crazy four years, but the past year and a half, ever since the pandemic started, it has been um, absolutely insane. You know, we specialize in expediting containerized cargo um, throughout the U.S. and Canada. And so when there's a disruption in the supply chain, we usually get, you know, a lot of uh, requests for that type of service. So as you can imagine, with the current state of the supply chain and how it, you know, what has been the past year and a half, two years, we've been uh, contacted quite often. And uh, we've been assisting a lot of our costs, every one of our customers, a lot of companies out there, with expediting that freight. So it's been a wild ride and we are just holding on for dear life. <laughs> As, well, you know, Hey, welcome, welcome to uh, the crowd, but also you're, yeah. you're doing so successful. Startup life. Yes. There you right. go. You're doing it successfully, you know, which yeah. hey, if you're going to struggle and fight through these current, this current state, Hey, it's great to do it while um, you're seeing lots of growth and success. So Greg, we're really curious as we talked pre uh, on, on the front end, you know, we love our Eureka moments here, but what just what Tom is a bingo moment? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> a bingo is a a customer accolade. Okay, and so you know we don't we don't manage by spreadsheet. We manage by bingos, and you know the the, the goal is to collect as many bingos as possible. You know, I I'm part of the training process here, and whenever we onboard a new employee. Um, you know, I show them just a list of those bingos and I say, this is, this is what we're going after. And those customer accolades are, you know, you guys are making my life easier. Thank you so much. You guys saved my day. Can I come work with for, for Port X? You know, I love you guys, things like that. And, uh, that's what it's all about. That's awesome. About. Yeah. Greg, quick comment yeah. before I go to Jeff. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly what you're after. You're trying to create, to go back to a book from the old days, raving fans. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and. Nothing is more important to a company than an enthusiastic reference, and particularly in this industry and particularly in this time. And if you're having those bingo moments, it sounds like you're creating that enthusiastic reference. I work for several companies where we would often hear, you know, you changed my career, you changed my life, you changed my company, right? You can I come work for you? 
those, I mean, that is a good sign of, of doing the right thing for your clients. And, and it also means that when they go inevitably go somewhere else, they're going to take you with them. And that's Mm. exactly what you want to have happen. It's all about those relationships, right? So, all right. So now that we've, we've defined bingo moment, I was thinking cousin Eddie in that moment where he says bingo and Christmas vacation, but it's not that. So I'm, I'm very, very glad to hear that. So, all right. So I got one more question uh, for Tom and Jeff, I'm going to come to you next as we start level setting what we're seeing out there, but uh, a couple of quick comments, Cindy Palmer, core values are super important. And Cindy X, we all agree with you here and I appreciate you calling that out. And clearly, Man, you can see how Tom talks about that and, and, and how inherently is part of what they're doing at Port X. Uh, Graham, go Packers. So, Jeff, a fellow Packers fan there via LinkedIn. Uh, uh, Kavana, You're winning so- on fan count. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kavan is dropping all the hashtags. Less than drone load, <laughs> less than train load, less than plane load. Hey, great to see you here, Kavan. Thanks so much. Uh, Tempest, welcome in from Texas. And Clay's posing a question. And let's let this kind of be the question throughout the next uh, 50 minutes or so. Anyone else had a big, any big key bingo moments this year? Let let us hear. Y'all drop them in the comments and we'll try to get to them as often as we can. Okay. So, Tom, one final question before we move into kind of more broader level setting. And that's where, you know, Jeff talked about uh, the partnerships alluded to it. Where did the partnership between PortX and Turvo begin? You know, that's that's part of the PortX or. origin story, um, going back to the start, you know, we, we were looking for, you know, a system that was attractive, something that was user-friendly, something that provided visibility and access, you know, there were legacy systems out there that were, you know, geared towards more of the, you know, management system of, of drayage or containers, you know, that we were interested in, but again, they didn't provide that visibility. They, they weren't really attractive. They looked more like an Excel spreadsheet than anything else. And, you know, our founder, Brian Kempesty ran into the founder of Turbo by chance, you know, and they talked <laughs> and Brian was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And while, you know, Turbo at the time didn't have the multimodal capabilities that was on the roadmap, you know, and like Jeff has mentioned, and like we're talking about today, We've partnered up with Servo and helped, you know, develop the multimodal capabilities and enhancements. And it's been a terrific relationship since day one and continues to be so. Outstanding. Okay. So using that, I'm going to piggyback on Tom there. Jeff, feel free to elaborate, you know, add to what Tom shared there. And then we're going to move into what we're all seeing uh, across the industry. So, Jeff, what else would you add to that? Okay, well, uh, what Tom said is is spot on, and really, um, that's where we're finding where we're succeeding with in those battles for to, to earn a customer's business is to really align with where their strategy is, and and then also where the trajectory is taking taking Turbo. Tom also touched on the multimodal capabilities, and they had the belief that we were gonna we were gonna deliver it, and what was on our roadmap. And sure enough, uh, a few short weeks ago, we released um, our multimodal functionality. So through a partnership that we have with OpenTrack, we've got all the way from on the ocean, we've got the container coming in, hitting North America. Then we've got the port service operators uh, feeding OpenTrack, which is being ingested by Turvo. And then we're able to then manage that ocean and then expedite whatever leg that you want, whether it's rail, whether it's over the road transportation, all in one system. Mm. And I've been doing this a number of years and that really seemed to be the what was missing in the marketplace. And that's what that's what PortX was looking for. They wanted everything in one system. It, what we're seeing today is systems that are maybe a little bit more dated, 
they're doing the ocean and dray in this in this system, and they're doing over the road transportation in, in, in another system. And they're really not doing a good job of collaborating together. And what it's doing, it's giving your customer maybe not the freshest information. It's not giving them also the ability to easily collaborate. And we've helped Portex solve those. Love that. Okay, Greg, I know I know that uh, that brings a ton of thoughts to mind, but really quick, your take on that? Yeah, it makes me think from my from the segment of supply chain I worked in, which was largely forecasting and planning and and inventory optimization. It makes me think of how ERPs were a mile wide and an inch deep. They did everything, but they did it all really superficially. And and what I see here is that there are areas where you need to go really deep. If you think about ERP, it was kind of typically WMS, forecasting, planning, replenishment, optimization. And you augmented the systems, the core systems that were out there with that. And you created a scenario where you managed an aspect of the business from beginning to end, every single knit, nook and cranny uh, in, a, in a single system. And that I think that's a really valuable thing to do. And, you know, I don't know that I'd say that secret sauce, but it sure is a leap ahead for the industry to be able to do that and to respond to that. I mean, I think when I think about when I think about a company requesting that and a and a tech tech provider responding to that, that's that shows a lot about their core values as well. Excellent mm -hmm. point. Excellent point. I want to add a Louise comment here. It's all about providing a better customer experience delivered through your business's core values and the technology that complements those values. That's why PortX has seen explosive growth. Congrats to the PortX team. And I said, Louis, it's probably Louis. Uh, thank you Luis. very much for Luis. that comment there. Louis, yeah, thank Luis. you. Gosh, uh, it's been a long week already, huh? All right. So what I want to do next, I, I want to kind of uh, broaden out, right? Uh, we could spend the next... 16 hours talking about some of the challenges we're seeing out in global business and industry, but let's call out a few of those. So Tom, we'll start with you and bring you back into the conversation. You know, uh, as you survey global business, global supply chain, what's one or two things that you're tracking right now? Well, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been in the news uh, quite, quite often over the last few years with the the number of vessels sitting outside of, of LA Long Beach, um, you know, they're breaking records every week. Earlier this week, it was, you know, 97, I think it was. Now they, they pushed some of those vessels out, you know, to, to help with the air quality and, and they're claiming that's decreasing the number of vessels, but that's simply not true. They're just more spread out. So it continues, you know, it's that added congestion you know, that, that our infrastructure just can't keep up with for a number of reasons, one of which being the lack of space due to all the chassis taking it up with empty sitting on them with nowhere to go. You know, mm -hmm. we have, you know, oddball steamship lines that are chartering vessels to LA Long Beach over the past year that never called on LA and, you know, all of a sudden do and don't have a great plan of taking back those empties or, you know, a return mm -hmm. system. And it's just creating a, a, a complete mess. Mm. Those are easing back a little bit. So, I mean, I think it'll get better, but that's what we're looking at right now is that LA mess. Awesome. And we're going to, Hey, we're going to give y'all ample opportunity to talk about what's to come in 2022 <laughs> and beyond. So let's not lose track of that thought. Jeff, same question. What's something sure. you're tracking out there challenge wise across the industry? You know, I, I'd say one of them is just tying to our, one of our core uh, values within the application within Turbo itself is getting customers connected with their supply chain constituents. And really what that means is, is the driver talking, able to communicate with the carrier, is the carrier able to communicate with our customer? And is the, our customer able to communicate in one platform with their 
customer. And that's really what we keep expanding on and being able to share and, and share and control that information that's going back and forth between uh, the users within the Turbo ecosystem. If you look at what Tom's uh, customers have, uh, they have the ability to get as much information as Tom and his team want them to see uh, all the way to real-time information. And that's what we hear customers screaming for. I think, uh, Scott, earlier you had said, uh, where's my stuff? Right. And the Amazon effect really triggered that starting two, three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really made mountains out of the, the value that we can provide. And that's really taking that, where's my stuff from, you know, I just ordered a new, a new mug and, it, and it's going to come. I know it's going to be here, but I want to know where it is. Now, where is my stuff that I bought as an organization? And then the port congestion is really now controlling that, especially as we finish up the retail season. You know, we're seeing sales on things that are still sitting on ships. Right, right. That are that are parked offshore. So that information that Tom is using to to feed to his customers is allowed is having them make various decisions um, to be able to support their customers. Excellent point. So, uh, Jeff, appreciate you sharing. Greg, I'm going to come to you next. But first, I want to share a couple quick comments here. Our, our old friend Bob Merlot is with us here today, he says planning must be synchronized from design to manufacturing, logistics, and service. Bob, hope this finds you well. Great to have you here today. And uh, Eric makes a, a good point here. What is needed by the market right now is the predictability that AI-driven system that the ports don't have. I want to know when my cargo on ship number 86 in the port of LA will land via estimation. <laughs> Bring it, Greg, uh, Eric. Keep preaching there. Okay, so Greg... Based on what Tom has shared, Jeff has shared, you know, Bob and Eric, you know, I know we're tracking a lot of things right now. What's one thing that comes to your mind? Well, the thing that immediately comes to my mind is remember the good old days when it was only Long Beach and L.A. that were stacking up ships outside their ports. <laughs> right. As you know, Scott, just a few weeks ago, I was in I was in Savannah and they had 30 plus ships stacked up outside there. They have the same problem at Houston. People are redirecting now to the Northwest ports. Um, New Jersey and New York ports have always been a disaster. So there's no real news there except for the number. Right. But I mean, this is a, a very widespread problem. And yet I just read an article that some huge percentage, I can't remember the number of containers that are going back on ships are empty. So, mm. so this is creating an enormous trade deficit for mm. the country, for the United States as well. So, there are macro issues at play here as well as the tactical things. And those will come around to create disruptions next year. So not, Excellent to, point. not to foreshadow the, <laughs> what's happening in 2022, but I mean, they will. And I think we have to think about those things because I, I feel like so many people in supply chain want for these disruptions to be over and they're not, and they're right. not going to be and not soon. So, so so amen to that, Greg. And that means you got to take action, right? This yeah. isn't, you can't just huddle and pray it's going to go away uh, and it's going to be easy street or, or never easy street. But you know what I mean? Back to old, the old days as Greg yeah. references. Hope is take not action. a strategy, Hope. right? I mean, <laughs> you have, and, and that's why, I mean, that's why I think this relationship is so powerful and why it's so necessary is because you have to have technology to, to be able to, to keep up with the pace of, movement, but also with the pace of change in supply chain and when and to be able to respond effectively when the inevitable dramatic disruption occurs, at least they'll be dramatic for the next few years. So excellent point. OK, 
We're going to keep moving. I, I want to bring in Brian. Uh, so speaking of the devil, Brian, Brian the founder of, of Portex, I believe. Nice job, Tom. Tom Zeiss, you're helping to implement with all stakeholders in multiple cities and on multiple continents is huge. That's a bingo. That's a bingo. Uh, let's see here. Ken says, uh, and hello, Ken. Welcome to the conversation. Just ordered 33 pounds of some decorative rock out of Kennedy. Going to be neat to track via UPS. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you might see that next, uh, uh, I don't know, weeks, months. You, who knows? And let's see, well, Tim references NFL. I'll have to get back to football in a minute. Um, I want to keep moving. <laughs> There's no shortage. Once you open up and let the genie out of the bottle when it comes to football, tis the season right now, right? All right, so I want to keep moving forward. Tom, I want to come back to you here. So I want to circle back to specifically uh, when you think of uh, Port X and some of the specific problems, obstacles, growth barriers, whatever that y'all encountered. If you could shed some light on that and just what you did about it. Obviously, Turbo is part of that. What, 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 what else would you add there? Well, part of my job is, you know, my, my two big responsibilities here is, is driving adoption uh, internally and externally, driving turbo adoption. OK, uh, because tur what turbo can do is, is, is make your, you know, our operators jobs easier. Our operators, our customers, operators, every every part of the supply chain, their job would be easier, you know, if they were to utilize turbo. Right. And so as we were growing so quickly. I had to make my employees jobs easier or try to, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, managing turbo correctly and getting that work off of our desks, less keystrokes, reduce the email clutter, you know, and it's, it's no the same with our, sheets. yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and for our customers as well, you know, making, making their job easier. So the communication can flow easier, you know, so we can provide better visibility um, and, and take care of some of those, those issues that we we see in the supply chain even today and you know that's that's one way of doing it relying on our, our tech that's one of our pillars culture service tech and trucks and it's tech for that reason you know because we have to we should rely on tech i mean everybody should these days in order to grow successfully you know you have to and, and get that work off your desk right <laughs> work more efficiently I'm, I'm, hey, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you, especially when you're you're leveraging the right tech, right? Yeah. Rather than just yeah. leveraging the la latest, shiniest object, and then you yeah. you implement it. Your team's got a headache because that you know they're not sure how to use it, and then it, it goes you know ten percent utilized and just creates a lot of heartburn within the organization. So mm -hmm. I love uh, what your your uh, sentiment there, Tom. All right, so Jeff, what would you add mm -hmm. to what Tom was sharing there? You know, I think. Uh, it, it, admirable that Tom, when they're hiring a team, they're looking to build that team, that they're looking for people that want to uh, in, in, improve the way of life, the life of their customer and how they're doing that was the technology and the technology that they sourced was easy to use. And I think you heard Tom say that early on in his, uh, in his delivery. Now, one of the things that we really try and do as we're working with customers is to understand what the ease of use is. And some of the some of the business segments that we service, it's all about how can you get that order into the into Turbo and how can you then execute it in as few clicks as possible. And it's an extremely brisk process within Turbo. But then what I'm going to also say is to train a user in Turbo, you could measure in hours, not days or weeks. And I worked at some technologies that depending how many super users we had to, to our system admins we had to train, we'd be looking at, well, how many weeks is that, is, is that going to add to the delivery? And, uh, and that was just, a, you had some cumbersome systems that weren't built for scale. 
And if you look all the way back to the genesis of Turbo, we built it for scale. We didn't know where it was going to go. We did not know seven years ago that multimodal was going to be there. But there it is, lo and behold. And it's as easy to use as any other part within Turbo. Mm, okay. So, Greg, I'm coming to you next. A couple quick comments first, though. Kavan, he coined this, the new abnormal. Remember that, Greg? When disruptions mm -hmm. have become frequent. Yes, that's the world, the world we're living in now. Brian says, uh, hopium. <laughs> Hashtag hopium. Always have said hope is not a good strategy. I love that. Uh, Cindy says, sounds like it saves a lot of time, which is going to save clients money. Uh, absolutely. And Patrick, Patrick from McKinney, Texas. We're very excited to start using Turbo here at Cardinal. How about that? Uh, I'm assuming that's Cardinal Health, maybe, or Cardinal Logistics. Uh, it, nope, it's Cardinal Logistics, and it's mm -hmm. one of our newest customers. Uh, we earned their business, and it was official uh, two weeks ago. Okay, very glad to have them as part of the team. Patrick, great to have you here, man. I appreciate you showing up for the live stream. And and by the way, Patrick, you're not getting out of that question. Where's a good? What's the best barbecue place down in McKinney, Texas? So you have to let us know. Yeah. All right. So Greg, we're we were touching that before we um, kind of move into um, everyone wearing their futurist hat. Yes. What <laughs> what you what would you like to add to what you heard Tom and Jeff talk about when it, obstacles and solutions? Yeah, I think. Um... You know, we've seen it over and over. There are tons of good, mathematically, programmically sound technologies out there that are impossible to use. And that's exactly what Jeff is talking about. I mean, if you think about, probably everyone here is too young to remember green screens. But I remember when I first got into retail, the solution that we had was on what's called a green screen, which is really a black screen with green text. <laughs> and, and even in high school, right, we had... Uh, Max and we had, you know, beautiful UIs and ease of use and that sort of thing. And when I got there, I felt like I had been thrust into the 60s until I did a little studying and realized there were no computers in businesses in the <laughs> 60s, but it still felt like the 60s. So, it, you know, I think that it's it's critical that companies are so aware and so able to produce brisk. I like the word that Jeff used there, a, a brisk usage experience, right? a frictionless usage experience that allows you to do the work because that's all the users really care about. They don't want to have to learn this click or this key or any of that stuff. They just want to complete the work and, and technology should be a gateway, not a hurdle to those sorts mm -hmm. of things. So when you've built a technology that creates a gateway to ease, ease the workflow, that's when you know you're really onto something really, really successful. And and I think companies have, and, and individuals have settled for a very, very long time, and they're just not doing it anymore. Our generation, Gen, Gen X and subsequent generations, I think we have been incredibly patient, but the, the subsequent generations were brought up with ease of use. They don't even know any better. If you show them something that's clunky, they're going to think they've been thrust back to the 60s. Mm -hmm. Excellent point. Okay. Uh, I just want to, I, I just want to add, I mean, you know, I provide our customers with demos, you know, how to access their tenant, how to, you know, take advantage of the most popular features, p document retrieval. I provide those demos in, demos in 10 to 15 minutes. That's all it yeah. takes. And, and, and they can use it from there. It's amazing. Love it. Okay. I got to get some, some of these comments in what y'all three of y'all just been sharing. It's been 
generating some stuff here. Mike Aver says user ease probably is crucial. Uh, absolutely agreed there. Tempest says I've left the company because of the green screen. It felt like I was in bedrock. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the four sixties BC. Right. right. <laughs> well, you know, when I was in the air force, uh, Greg cams and go 81, which is uh, used for a wide variety of things, including maintenance actions and reports, all green screens. And gosh, being the non-technologist, I struggled with learning how to uh, navigate through all the different screens. So Tempest, I was feeling your pain a little bit there. Peter, Please remember, remember when you had to hit F keys to access all kinds of things? <laughs> oh, I mean, you still do on a lot of the old systems. Y'all but. know the coaches. So football analogy here, you know, especially in these, these advanced college schemes where the offense is, is, is a thousands of audibles. You got coaches with big spreadsheets, you know, and they, they, they cover their mouth as they're covering, you know, calling the latest, op, op, latest obstacle. We had those everywhere. There's shortcuts plastered everywhere, trying to navigate through a very complicated and non-user intuitive system. And gosh, think of the hours we lose there. Peter Bollet, good afternoon, uh, all night and all day. I should add to that. No, the dreaded green screen. <laughs> And finally, Patrick answered our question. Hutchins Barbecue and McKinney, okay. we're all going to have to check out Hutchins Barbecue. So I appreciate that, Patrick. Okay. So, Tom, I'm going to give you the last right of refusal before we move on to uh, 2022, what to expect. And, and then we've got a, um, uh, a resource we want to put in front of folks. Anything, I mean, y'all have got a um, quite a remarkable story this this far. Um culture, uh, in terms of how you're doing things differently, uh, in terms of, uh, the obstacles you've encountered, how you smashed through them and just hearing, you know, it's Greg, we love to see that when we hear from leaders that come from these innovative organizations that are doing things differently and finding success, you can see it just exude from how they talk about the company. And Tom, he's been smiling throughout the last 37 minutes. He, he <laughs> clearly loves what he does. Anything else you want to add about looking back rearview mirror before we talk about 2022? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's for us really, I mean, it's, it's easy. It's remembering the why it's, it's going back to why we started this and, and why we're doing this. And it's, it's that purpose of, of, you know, everybody themselves, you know, creating that, that culture, providing that service, you know, with, with the tech that we have and, and, and being strategic with our trucks, our assets. Uh, but again, it's, it's, it comes from, from leadership up at the top with Brian BK and remembering the why and, and, and why we're doing this. It's, it's just crucial to our success. Okay. BK every day. All right. So we'll have to reconnect with Brian <laughs> soon. I want to share <laughs> all the green screen memories are coming back. Mike says 15 years ago, first logistics position I had was a printer with a line feed for every oh. job we printed up. We had to remove the feed on each side before sending invoices. Oh man, it sounds painful, doesn't it? That's, uh, uh, yeah, that's tractor-fed printing. That remember the little <laughs> dots on each side. Right. You had to fold them in and tear them off. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, there was a certain uh, name for those types of printers, those high-speed printers. Peter Bollet. What's that? Tractor-fed. Yes, tractor-fed. Tractor fed. That yeah. sounds good to me. I'm a Reynolds with it. and Reynolds was a big printing company that made forms. I, I remember that. Really? Yeah. Cindy says the why, which Tom just shed uh, light on, is what keeps companies on track and helps with growth and moving forward. Excellent call out there, Cindy. I'm so glad you joined us here today. Okay. So uh, let's move forward because I want to talk about 
what to expect in 2022. So, Jeff, I'm going to start with you this time, mm -hmm. and we'll go around the horn. So let's first start with uh, in general, right? What what do you see? What's maybe one thing you see business leaders uh, that they can expect in 2022 and beyond? You know, I think in supply chain, I, I, I'd say this new normal that we're in right now, I don't know when it's going to change next. Uh, the fact that we've got uh, in the low 90s uh, ships or vessels sitting off the coast of Long Beach, I don't know when that's going to change. So I think what that's going to also do is that's going to continue our capacity, our, our, our constant drive for being able to secure capacity and manage that capacity. That's going to uh, drive that well into this 2020. 2022 and probably beyond the supply and demand of capacity has driven the costs up, which also makes uh, cost visibility very, very important. Now you lump those two together. Uh, you've got capacity, capacity driving costs, being able to manage those two, two things. You're going to have to have a technology that supports that. But then also it we we can't lose focus of that collaboration. The where is it now? You know, where's my stuff? That's not going away. So mm -hmm. the folks that are still, the companies that are still operating at green screens or what I call crans and spreadsheets, and it still happens. We see it every day. Those companies are going to have to migrate or they're going to lose market share. Excellent point, Jeff. Tom, how about you? When you think of 2022 and beyond? I mean, 2022, um, you know, like Jeff was saying, more, more of the same. Um, I, I don't think it will be as, you know, as hectic as 21 was, you know, and beyond. We're going to come out of this better, you know, uh, with better infrastructure than we had before, you know, and, and things, you know, as we learned, have to change and change takes time. I talked to my mom the other day. She said, why don't you just build more terminals and ports and, and start taking more ships and whatever. And I said, well, it's just not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> just dig a hole, Tom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh right. gosh! I, hey, everyone's a supply chain expert now, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? Well, you know, right. So to that end, and and frankly, hey, and we're all laughing. I love that we're having these types of conversations yes. with folks that aren't in the industry, but kind of along those it's lines. Better than your mom's eyes glazing over at the dinner right. table like they used to when you told her you were in supply chain, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> they didn't know uh, what I did for the past right. years. <laughs> right. Just this year for them to realize Ditto. right uh, <laughs> yep. exactly. so one of my one of my kids have a has a great friend that is an entrepreneur right in middle school and um they make cups right personalized cups and we we placed a small order for one cup it's been about two months now and i was, I was circling <laughs> back to, to one of my kids hey what's going on is that is are they still gonna give us the cup supply chain dad supply chain <laughs> have, you know have a hard time getting certain things it's hey, it touches everybody, but hey, I love that that is on the tips of tongues, especially even in our middle school, right? Okay, so Greg, you're not getting out of this. Uh, I love always getting your take on your latest take on what's you can expect, and we what we all can expect next year. What would you add? I, I, at the highest level, I don't think we can expect stability. So the d disruptions will change. Uh, there won't be a if if there ever is a normal it will definitely be a new normal and it's not happening in 2022 but all of this hinges on the labor market and whether people start to go back to work even as gov government subsidies and stimulus have have ceased to have ceased to buffer people's income while sitting at home right uh, trading bitcoin apparently the <laughs> 
The issue that we have is that 3 million more, largely baby boomers, but 3 million more people left the workplace in the last 12 months than were expected to leave. And recall, the baby boomers were the largest generation in the history of the planet. So things are going to change. If people are going to come back into the workplace, they're not going to work places they don't want to work. And they're not going to do jobs that they don't want to do. So a lot of this will depend on, and a lot of the people will come back to the companies who adopt advanced technology, who adopt automation, right? We're going to stop apologizing for automation and for computers and for robots doing jobs that people used to do. We can't, there's no one to apologize to anymore because we're not taking jobs away from people for that. Mm -hmm. So this kind of automation and augmentation of the human aspect of the business is, is going to be much, much more prominent and frankly expected mm. of, of this new workforce as we transition dramatically and nearly a decade ahead of where we thought we would to a new generation being, being the largest, significantly largest portion of the workforce. Excellent point. Hey, on, you said robot. I love that Geico commercial with that robot sitting in the coffee shop. Have y'all seen that? No. Oh, How you have got I missed a Geico commercial. I'm gonna have to send it your way, folks. Tom, Jeff, if you if you know what I'm talking about, the, the robot sitting there and he's got an application that's asking or asking him to prove he's not a robot. He's getting really frustrated. And he's in the coffee shop, and then uh, the coffee the barista comes up with with uh, the robot's order uh, coffee, and on the side of it it's written Mr. Rob Ott, Rob Ott, and he gets <laughs> frustrated. He's shooting laser beans. It's just it's so funny. Yeah. Anyway. Um, quick comment here from Randy Smith. Uh, Randy says, where is my stuff is the old question. When will I get my stuff is where we're at. Randy, I would politely disagree because yeah. consumers want the visibility of where their stuff is, right? We're getting it from pizza to deliveries to you name it. You can track anything. So They don't um, trust us to tell them the truth about when they'll get their stuff. And that mm -hmm. I can tell you that as a consumer. I bet all of you as consumers probably feel the same. I don't trust I'll get my stuff when you say I will. I want to verify, mm, right? Mm. Trust, but verify. There you uh, go. Smart well, person said that. but verify in my case. Right. I this usually LinkedIn trust, but verify. But <laughs> So I'm not sure who this is. And, and folks, just really quick, if you're tuned in via LinkedIn and it doesn't show who you are, you just have the, a privacy setting. Uh, maybe Amanda and Clay can let me know. But they suggest read your kids Supply Chain Carol from Megan Preston. Amazing book. We're going to check that out. Okay, so we are in the fast and furious finish, Jeff and Tom. And, and Jeff, I'll circle back to you first here. We're going to talk with Jeff about a cool resource in just a minute. Tom, I want to stick with you about where the PortX and Turvo relationship and partnership is headed. So what's to come? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of exciting things. You know, um, it's, it's endless. You know, it's, it's you know, the sky's the limit with, with what is going to happen. I mean, we already have th things with the integration with OpenTrack, which is huge for us. Um, it's going to create a lot of automation. It's going to take even more work off of our operators' desks. It's going to provide even better visibility. So, you know, just, you know, more automation, more uh, integrations with, with other platforms and, and partnerships that will enhance the platform and, you know, I, I think we're going to work together for forever. And it's just, it's, it's never going to stop because, you know, I've really enjoyed my time working with everybody at Turbo. They've been nothing but helpful. I mean, I went out to Silicon Valley. I'm from Buffalo, New York, and I'm, 
and I just couldn't believe it. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> and it's, it's just been a great, great partnership. And I've, I've, I've created a lot of friendships along the way and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to more. I love that. Despite this, this crazy time we're living in where the four of us aren't in the same place as we have this conversation, relationships still matter. Mm -hmm. And I love kind of what, where your uh, comment uh, left us there. Uh, left on uh, there. Um, let's see. Lamont says, true statement, Greg, trust and verifying with companies own when and where your stuff is can be frustrating if companies are not using updated technology along the lines of what we're talking yeah. about here today. Frustrating, bordering on impossible, depending on if they're still using green screen, Jeff. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Good, good stuff there, Lamont. Um, all right. So, Jeff, Tom just said, can't stop, won't stop when it comes to Port X Turbo. What else would you add to where this where this uh, relationship is going? Well, I also like the word he used forever. Yes, you know, I know. So I, I think that forever. <laughs> you know, I think we we love ourselves some Ford out. So <laughs> I, I like the forever. So I it, the best way that I can position Turbo with our customers is that we listen to our customers, we listen to the market, and we look at those and bring those together as an opportunity to help enhance Turbo as a tool in supply chain. If we were static and we were doing things the way we were seven years ago, we wouldn't have Tom as a customer. Mm -hmm. And as Tom's business grows, we need to be able to continue to support as their business changes and the market changes. And that's it. You know, this if that this past year has not proven that I don't know what else will. So mm -hmm. we need to be able to then flex with the market and then really understand what those needs are and then bring those needs into the applications to our customers and then new customers can use those. Outstanding. You never considering your laurels and, and maybe that's always been the case, but man, we're, we're ramping that up where it's a hundred fold now. Um, a couple quick comments and then I want to make sure we drop a, a link to a resource where folks can learn more. Randy says, agree with visibility but need the date so we can drive operations around predictable delivery dates. It does not help our operation to know our stuff is in Nashville. If we don't know when it is moving and expect that our site, Hey, Randy, that's a great point. I think probably the difference I'm, I'm speaking at it and maybe Greg and I are speaking at it from a consumer standpoint, you're speaking at it as a kind of a supply chain standpoint. So, Hey, uh, I agree with you there, Randy. One other thing here. Um, I wanted to call out that bear with me one minute. So as uh, Amanda reminds us here, so Annabella Oliva, who is the author of that book that we just mentioned, Supply Chain Carol, we just had Annabella on our latest Supply Chain is Boring episode. So folks can check out uh, more about her um, uh, book there and maybe the story behind it. So the great call out there, uh, Amanda. Okay, so what we want to do, uh, Greg, so folks, you know, we've, been able to just scratch the surface on the relationship between Tom and Jeff and Portex and Turvo. Uh, our friends at Turvo have a case study that you can download for free. And the link to the case study is in the show notes, but also Amanda and Clay and Jada. If we can drop that in the comments, so it's, it make it even easier. Uh, you can check that out. And, you know, we've also beyond the case study, I've seen a couple of comments here today that I, I, I couldn't share because we're fast moving. But folks are signing up for uh, Turbo demos. So that's cool. We'll have to uh, keep our finger on the pulse about all the new relationships that Jeff and the team are opening. Okay. Wild, wild west here today. Man, There, it, it's it's never, an hour never does it justice, does it, Greg? No, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's so much we could talk about here. But I mean, I guess that's, you know, that's why we want to know how folks can contact 
Tom and Jeff is because we can't have that in-depth conversation yeah. here. Gotcha. That's great. You can't because I'm hungry, man. <laughs> hey, suddenly before... I want a, I want some cheese. <laughs> what? I wonder why. Why do we? <laughs> so we're gonna make sure folks know how to connect with Tom and Jeff. You're gonna want to. There, uh, as we've learned between shows and stuff. Really good guys. Really good folks that you want to hang out with and uh, talk shop with. So we'll give folks that opportunity. Hey, I misspoke. Uh, so we we're just talking about that book. Megan Preston is the author of Supply Chain Carol. Annabelle, uh, Annabella was who was asking the comments. So I apologies. I don't want to get in trouble with any copyright attorney. So my mistake. Megan Preston, good stuff there. Okay. So uh, Tom Zeiss, how can folks learn more, connect with you, but also learn more about Portex Logistics? Yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, follow me, connect with me, reach out to me, schedule a demo with me. Um, connect with PortX on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, follow as many PortX team members as, as possible. We're all we're all in the industry experts. We can help you out. And uh, you know, check out our webpage, uh, PortXLogistics.com. It's just that easy. Good stuff there, Tom. We'll have you back soon to talk shop and football. Uh, question for you, Jeff. How mm -hmm. can folks connect? with uh, Jeff Gron? Uh, the easiest way is through LinkedIn. And uh, you can go right to my page. And then there's a couple other resources there as well. But then also we can direct you to Turbo. And Turbo has got a huge resource center, also the ability to schedule a demo and a lot of great information there. Wonderful. And Greg, it looks like we've had a couple members of the Turbo fan club uh, in the skyboxes here today. I love, love to see that. Kids, right? I think, yeah. Right. Uh, Ashley Smith says, hey, new to the Turbo team, it's very obvious already that we want to be an innovator in the TMS space. Passion, who, who would have thunk that comments can bring passion, Greg? But Ashley, thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and clearly, I bet my hunch is that both of you are probably hiring lots of opportunities in the new year, too. That's my prediction yeah, for 2022. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Is anyone not hiring? That's a really good one. Yeah. Always go to safe one, Greg. Always go to yeah. safe one. All right. So huge uh, big thanks to our friends uh, here at Port X and Turbo, Tom Zeiss and Jeff Gron. Big thanks. One more question before we, we swoosh all out. Bold, fearless prediction. Who's going to win the Super Bowl in February? And Tom, let's start with you. I, I wish you would have asked me last week, uh, but I'm still going to go with the Bills. Bills Mafia all the way. Bills Mafia all the way. I love that. Uh, big thanks for your time, Jeff. Your, what's you your your take? I should already know, huh? Well, there's a lot of competition, and I've got my money on the dynasty. The Packers. The dynasty. All right. All right. Good stuff. And, Greg, while we still have Tom and Jeff, what's your bold, fearless prediction? How about those? Cheese. <laughs> okay. Mine is anyone but the but our poor hapless Falcons. Uh we'll see what <laughs> happens. We all better be aware of Arizona because they are for real. Yeah. They can right. win a if they can they have the tiniest quarterback in the NFL and they can still win a game with their second string quarterback. That's yep. pretty impressive in this league. That is right. Uh, we're hearing the Jets. That's a that's an unlikely answer. The Pats. Uh, Peter loves your cheese head. Uh, and also, really quick, while I still have you, Cindy. You know, so Vets Two Industry is a veterans organization, nonprofit. So if you are looking to hire, to be a great resource. So thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that, Cindy. Okay, big thanks again, Tom Zeiss uh, with Port X, X Logistics and Jeff Gron with Turvo. We'll talk thank with you. you both soon, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. So much to get through. Uh, I love that, you know, kindred spirits and good vibes there. You can tell 
uh, between them and the respective organizations. Yeah. I got to throw this out there, Greg. Bob was talking about his Cowboys earlier, so got to give a shout to uh, the Cowboys. Mike's a big Bucks fan. Tempest says, who that? And we know. Mm-hmm. We know who that is. All right. New Orleans. Good old Saints. That's right. And Bob agrees with you, Kyler Murray, uh, I guess from Allen, Texas. Huh. Uh, so a lot of good stuff there. All right. So, Greg, let's talk about Tom and Jeff as if they aren't with us here. What was your yep. – you know, we talked about a lot of different things there. Um, their journey, the partnership, what's going on in the industry, look ahead, pro football. What's your What was your favorite aspect of that conversation? I think that the tightness of that relationship and, one, for, for Portex to have so much faith in Turbo and BK and Jeff and the team – to, to sign up when so much needed to be done in the technology, that's a, that's a critical early adopter strategy and you get huge benefit when that happens. Not every company has the culture to be able to do that. A lot of companies um, won't take that risk. They'll still go back to the old guard and get old guard type results. I mean, you know, it's like anything. You have to take a risk to get big results. So um, I think that was really, really admirable of Portex to do that. And frankly, it's a big deal that Turvo delivered on that. I mean, right. you know, I work with tech companies all the time. Adding that kind of capability to a technology, um, that's not easy to do. And it's not like they did it yesterday. They already had an established technology. They saw a vision that included a broader uh, approach to the marketplace and you know, and they augmented their tech to help them get there. And and then ad- in addition to that, the recognition by Port X, and I think, gosh, when you're growing at triple digits, um, that'll create a lot of, of recognition. When you're right. going through a crisis, that'll create a lot of recognition. But when you're doing both at the same time, going through a global crisis and growing at triple digits, just imagine the chaos. Well, I don't think we any of us have to imagine the chaos that that creates because we all know and and for them to recognize and and to invest in and to capitalize on technology that can help them do that it bodes very well for for both of those companies frankly and i think it is a great example to other companies in the industry and i would say that um, tom was polite to say the least to say that companies that don't step up to new technologies or sorry, that was Jeff, wasn't it? We'll lose market share. Jeff has to be diplomatic. I don't. Companies that don't step up to new technology are dead. <laughs> I love and that. They will be in Keeping it very frank. short order. That is right. Keeping it frank. Uh, I love that. What a great um, thought to finish on. Uh, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. I know we couldn't get to all the comments and all the questions. Uh, we'll try to get all of that information, especially the questions, over to uh, the Turbo and Port X Logistics team. We definitely would encourage you to connect with Jeff and Tom in particular. Y'all saw them, uh, and, and they're the same way behind the scenes, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you never know, but they're great, great, uh, uh, great folks to chat with. Supply Chain Now is already quoting you, Greg. Companies that don't step up new technologies are dead. Uh, <laughs> Coming to a, a movie theater uh, near you soon. Well, hey, uh, and thanks for, hey, uh, Rambitazai. I think I said that right. Uh, great to have you back. I know you joined us for a couple live streams back in the day. I've uh, been away for a few months, connected from Zimbabwe. Great to see you here today. Yeah. All the best. Okay. <clears throat> so, folks, whatever you do, clearly, I, I think one of the common themes in, in these conversations we've had for months is whatever you do. Uh, you got to take action, right? You got to take action. This is an endless obstacle course, and uh, we're never getting back. 
uh, as uh, Kavan says, to the normal, it's going to be the new abnormal moving forward, always different. And we've got some new challenges undoubtedly around the corner. If we think we've had it tough, no, no telling what's around the corner that will continue to test not just global supply chain, but global business. So on that note, on behalf of our entire team here, uh, Scott Luton, Greg White signing off for now, challenging you, do good, get forward, be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.